0: mcdelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door no matter the results you'll always be winning with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus rewards registration required points only on menu items delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com
1: welcome back to your stoke city podcast every step along the way a um, couple of one-nil home defeats consecutively now, and uh, here to run through them with me is Michael Stockley. How are you, Mike?
2: Uh, I'm really well, thank you. How are you?
1: I'm not too bad, thank you. All things considering. <laughs> it's a of
2: not. Yeah, I'm trying to, to stay. Too much. I was going to say, yeah, trying to stay as positive as possible. It's it's very difficult at this end of the season when it's not much to kind of play for. We've had some poor performances, results, and it's like. Come on, you can do it. Get through it. There's only there's only a few more weeks this season.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, there's not much left now. Come on, boys, we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, like the latest game that we're going to talk about now is obviously Wigan Athletic. Now, when, the, uh, when Bottom of the League roll into town and they haven't won a game since the beginning of October, <laughs> an away game, you sort of feel like you've got a good chance of getting three points, don't you? But it didn't turn out that way for us.
2: Well, we all know what the Stoke City charity is is all about. You know, we'd uh, if if it was monetized, we'd be absolutely making a fortune for that charity. But it, yeah, I mean, it was it just had all over. I think was it Wigan had only won one game away all season before winning their second against us or something stupid. Um, I mean, a relegated team because I think they'd admit that they're, they're down, um, and even they managed to get past us. I mean. To be, to be quite honest with you, Dan, it could have been 2 or 3 nil to Wigan if they would have taken the chances. Like, we just did not show up in any way, shape, or form. Like, it was embarrassing. And you said to me, like, if, if this is a team that are playing for contracts next season, then they've just pretty much cemented the fact that they ain't going to get one for a good number of them. Because it, it felt like there was no effort. And I can't imagine there was no effort going in but that they just didn't click, did they? There, there was no outstanding performers. Fox, possibly. Um, I mean, Christ I, th- I think even Jacob Brown got a man of the match, and he was only on about twenty minutes. Um, yeah, it a very uninspiring performance, shall we say?
1: Yeah, I mean, there were six changes, weren't there to the starting lineup. I mean, we had income Josh, Timer, Nick Powell, Lewis Baker, Connor Taylor, Jordan Thompson, and Basant Selena. Um, I mean, looking at them, I think Thompson and Baker are under contract, aren't they, for next season? They're timing. So really, you've got Powell playing for a contract, Salina playing for a move. Um, But none of those six, really, you could argue maybe Powell, have had a decent amount of of, of first-team minutes recently. So you think they'd all have a point to prove, wouldn't you? They'd all, you know, coming in, they've had to wait for an opportunity, this is your opportunity. And... I mean, I think Connor Taylor, I don't think he had his greatest game. No. I remember saying at the start of the season that that like, you know, when everyone was sort of raving about him, I was a little bit skeptical. I did see that there was maybe ricks, maybe errors in there. Um, I don't think he's got rid of them, judging off his performance. However, he is a young lad, he's raw, um, and he's probably got opportunity, you know, to 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 grow. Uh, definitely, and that you know, one worth—I'd say—one worth keeping around and and trying to see what we can make of him. Um but I think out of those six, he was probably the
2: only one who could sort of come away with any credit from the match last night. I do, I do think at the same time that with with Taylor, you question. So if we're going to be a team that, in theory, I know we, it's very easy to go, oh, we want to go for promotion next year. But what about this season has made you think that that's possible? Now I know we love the club and we want to do best and. That's great. We know we're feeling confident that with money and stuff in the summer, then we can challenge, but we still have got a hell of a lot to prove on that front. So, if we are just imagining that we go and sign enough quality in the summer to, to be challenging, you've then got to ask the question is Connor Taylor a championship promotion chasing central defender? At the minute, I would probably say there's better out there. But like you're saying, keeping him around the team, is that more valuable to have as a substitution or you know, someone who comes in for injury or a suspension than finding a replacement and maybe loaning Connor Taylor out for another season to say another championship club or absolute worst case, league one. Um, but getting some more experience, would that maybe be a good way to go?
1: Yeah, I think certainly now... What the manager has said, you know, he doesn't like to play the three centre-halves, does he? So one is less, one no. less position for him to to be fighting for. But on the flip of that is that I think if we're not going to be playing a three, if we are going to be playing like a flat-back four, I think that's, at the minute now, is a step too far for Phil Jagielka. I know we mentioned it on the, on the last podcast, didn't we? I think if we're playing a three... He's, that's where he's been comfortable when he's played for us. And I think maybe in a two man defence, like a two man centre back pairing, his floors are being sort of um opened up more. Yeah. And obviously I think that's gonna lead to more opportunities for Connor Taylor in the you know, with the current players we have available, whether the, Alex Neal goes out and signs multiple centre backs in the summer, we'll have to wait and see.
2: Yeah, I think he's going to have to because Morgan Fox, as much as Morgan stepped up this year and he's, you know what? It's, it's, we were absolutely blasting the guy previously. um, And I think it was justified. I, I think he was a completely and utter flop and liability at the back. But you've also got to, I guess you've really got to give credit in the sense that he's he's been solid. You know, we talked about Ben Wilmot the other day about being solid. And I definitely think that Fox is probably one of the most consistent performers. And I would never have had that um, before, so, um, I think he's gonna have to get at least a couple of centre backs. I wouldn't be surprised to see three or four. I mean, I'm not saying three or four monetary signings. Um, I expect that you know he might still try and get Axel despite his injury concerns. Um, but I think we're gonna need some more cover there. Josh Time and Dan, I wanted to ask you about Josh if you don't mind. So, we again have raved about Josh at times. Um, He's very much a wing back. That we've said that he's a wing back. His his crossing can be brilliant at times. Now I think people are very harsh at the minute on um, I think they're very harsh in his performances for what little game time he's had since he's come back. But we know how Josh how good Josh can be. The question with him has always been: Is he a left back? I don't think he is, but can he be? turned into a left back? Can he improve his defensive capabilities? I guess only Alex Neal will know that and maybe Josh himself. So people calling for Josh to leave, I think, is really harsh. Um but what what, what would you do? I mean surely I, I think knowing you, I imagine you're in the keep him and let's try and turn him into a left back camp out of thought.
1: Yeah, I mean there's there's two options, isn't there? you either asking to be you're asking to play defensively and play as a left back or you push him further forward and make him into a left winger because he's got the pace, he's got the delivery. Um you imagine that left foot can probably score you a few goals as the as the as the season goes on if he was playing further forward. Um he, I think he's got all the attributes to be a great attacking player. So yeah that's the other option isn't it? don't go backwards with yeah. him, go forwards. Um I think when he when he first came into the club, his defending was wasn't you know up to standard, and as a left back, he sort of you know, he got pulled apart, torn apart. I think you know, that that's sort why he ended up going out on loan and and everything. Didn't he? But he was such a young lad when he came in; he was only like eighteen years old. I think now he's what 23, twenty three, three maybe twenty four. I think he's matured a lot, and I don't, I don't actually. Like when he first was playing and those first two, three years, if he was playing the left-back, I'd be worried when he was playing like, oh no, yeah, I, 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 he just seems to be all over the place, his position and everything. I don't get that now with him. Like, I think he's quite a solid, I think he, he believes a lot in himself at this level. Mm. and I think he's quite a solid player now, um, even at left-back. Quite a solid defender, so I, I, I don't think it's as bad maybe as people are. Maybe it's sort of like a a long-term thing where people haven't adjusted the, the the standard that he is, maybe you're getting off sort of past experiences from those to the times when he when he wasn't up to scratch.
2: Right but quite possibly, but I, I like you say, I think we've we've got much bigger problems than trying to find a replacement for Josh Tymon. We don't need that headache. If we, if, we, if we if we if he doesn't have a good start to next season, we get to January and we need a new left back. To, to replace him, then I think that's when he'll do it. I don't think um, replacing Josh Tymon in the, the summer is going to be a priority at all, Dan, to be honest with you. I think it will be uh, the case that we get to January if he's having a difficult time and he's clearly not able to to fill in at left back, whether he's first choice or second, that's when I think he's going to get replaced. But we've got bigger fish to fry than trying to replace Josh Tymon in the summer.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've already spoken about sort of Nick Powell, haven't we, and um, previously, I uh, suppose one big one is Louis Baker, I mean, there's been a few people here, <laughs> who I think he's, they're sort of coming to the end with him, and, and you know, he, he's getting rid of him in the summer, he's got to go, I think his attitude's been questioned by a few people, um, what did, what did you think,
2: obviously, after last night's showing? You know what? i similar to a lot of people. I mean, where's where's the Lewis Baker of last season? Like, it it it's thing. Lewis for me was someone who could be you know a box to box midfielder. He could maybe potentially go into that attacking midfielder spot. You know, we know that the guy can finish when he's on when he's on form. You know, he, he can score some blinding goals. He's great at penalties. Which let's face it, we've had a problem with penalties for a long time. So again, he adds that value there, but. You know, you look at the midfield that we've got, and when you think that, you know, we've got, you know, Pearson, who I think I'm convinced will sign, I think that'll be the shock of the summer if he doesn't sign Pearson. So I think we'd have Pearson, we'll have Lorraine, and then another attacking midfield. And this was his chance for me, Dan, to, to make a stake and make a claim for that attacking midfield spot. And his substitute performances, his impact coming on from the bench has been practically zilch. So, you almost question where is Lewis Baker's position because you wouldn't swap him for Lorraine. You wouldn't swap him for Ben Pearson. Totally different. We've already proven he can't do defensive midfield. So wh- where's the place for Lewis? And considering how much we were raving about him last year and you know, build a team around him, which was what a lot of people were saying, and understandably at that point, is there a, is there a future for Lewis Baker? I think there is, but I just haven't got a flipping clue where he's going to fit in. That's the problem.
1: I suppose the question is, and this is something that's sort of hampered us for me in recent years. He'll be on one of the top wages in the squad, you'd imagine, because uh, he only he coming from Chelsea. Then um he had a new contract into last summer. He was given an extended yep. deal due to his good you work know, his good work and that he'd done in the second half of last year. So, with that in mind, you'd like say, you'd imagine he's one of the top earners. So if he's going to be sat on the bench, if the manager's looking to bring somebody else in, it's that old problem that we've been, like I say, that we've had for years, where you've got a, a big chunk chunky wages taken up by somebody who's not performing or trusted to a level that matches the wage. You know, like you, yeah, watch, I mean, yeah, Joey, you know, like you, you sort of, sort of, in essence, wasting wages, aren't you by? Giving it to somebody you don't feel good enough for your first eleven.
2: Well, what what have I said about Nick Powell for ages, mate? If he was if he was fit you'd play him, or you know, he's a waste of a squad place, he's a waste of a wage because he's not good enough consistently, you know, or he's not fit consistently. It's the same parameters. You know, what yeah. so, what 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 I say about Nick Powell goes for anyone in this team. If they're not performing, then they're a waste of a squad place and a waste of a wage. It doesn't make a difference what your name is.
1: Yeah, I do. I do feel a little bit for him, at least Baker, because I think, obviously, he, like I say, I think, I, personally, I feel that he sacrificed his own form for the, the good of the squad, if you like, by doing yeah. a role that he wasn't, you know, that didn't suit him, wasn't comfortable, because there was nobody else really to do it, in the first half of the season, and then, he's come back into the side, on Tuesday night, and. And lo and behold, Ben Pearson is suspended, and he's got Jordan Thompson playing the whole of midfield behind him. And no disrespect to Jordan Thompson, but he's just—he's just not Ben Pearson, is he? He's no. a completely different player. Um, he doesn't—he doesn't give the same protection to the defence. He doesn't give the same uh, confidence in the to the rest of the midfield. Um, they, they can't go on and just you know, get on with their jobs as much as when Laxley can just trust Pearson just to you know do his his role and you just think that you know Baker comes in, he's got an opportunity and Pearson's out suspended. It's like sods law for him unfortunately joins. it's like he's not, not not having the uh the rubber the green with it. But hopefully I I, I think he should leave him in for these last three matches uh, get Pearson back out there as well. And just see if we can if we can just recapture a bit of form, because a lot of these players as well haven't played for a long, long time, you know, haven't started matches, league matches especially for a long time. You know, people like you Taylor, you bakers, um Thompson's been in and out a little bit, hasn't he? Selina, um, even Josh Timon, you know, been a long time really since he's had, you know, a match or two in the in the championship, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it hasn't. What, what, what did you think about Selena? I think he's... That's dreadful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, he's shown nothing. Like, not... Yeah. That, that first game he came on, he... I don't know, he looked tricky. He looked like he could find, you know, a, a pass out of nowhere. Almost like Shaqiri-esque in terms of how he, you know... Oh, gathered himself on the pitch. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm not saying he was a Shaqiri. I'm just trying to say the mannerisms yeah, I mean, that, in which he put yeah. himself about was very much along that line. And Shaqiri I think like, a lot of people... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, and it was like, oh, okay, maybe this guy's got something. And then I think he was partly then dropped, if I remember rightly, uh, because of the whole substitution, max substitution side of things, I think it was. Um, so... He might have been a bit of a victim, but he's done himself no favours. I know we had the option to sign him. I cry, I really hope it wasn't a compulsory option, um, because surely Alex Neal has not seen anything to suggest that he needs to spend money on this guy. Yeah, or even, like, say, squad place. Nope. I, Waste of money. Waste of a squad place.
1: I, I don't see what he offers. He, he, there's nothing. There's no protection for... The midfield and the defence, like he didn't do, seem to get back and help out there. Um, no. When he gets the ball, he seems just a bit lightweight. There's probably, like I say, a decent trick trick on him and stuff, but there's it just nothing ever seems to come off. Now, whether we judge him on a small sample size and it's a bit, you know, he just needs a little, you know, runner game, couple of games. But as attackers and that, you don't always get that run a game. Sometimes you you, know, you have to be thrown on and you have to try and hit the ground running, don't you? Yeah, Um you can't you know, wait three, four matches for a for your winger to start producing anything. Um So I think I I feel like you were saying that I wouldn't like to think that he's you know nailed down to for for a permanent move in the summer. And uh, yeah, let's so hope that's not the case. Also, another thing I Wigan. I mean, we would. We were that was sort of dreadful, weren't we, on Tuesday night? There was no <laughs> real... <laughs> there, was, there was nothing... There seemed to be no sort of fighting, and like you sort of hinder like no sort of passion or anything. Um, They looked like a team that half of them were knackered because they played a lot of games and half of them were unfit because they hadn't played enough. <laughs> That's how it sort of yeah. came across to me. Um, and I think, like I say, hopefully, if we can sort of keep the nucleus of that side for Cardiff and probably QPR next week, then we might start seeing a fair, you know, have a fairer uh, reflection of where their players are at. If they've you've know, got the levels, um, or, you know, the, the levels of fitness up to having played two or three matches then. So we'll have to see um, on that note. But I don't think Wigan were much better where they? they were sort of equally as bad as us. Uh, but there was just that goal. The one the one bit of skill in the match was the goal once he's he's controlled it really well, he's he's turned quick, got himself half a yard and a nice an accurate finish from Wilkeen right into the, the bottom corner.
2: Um, yeah, well Wilkin's a goal scorer, as much as you know, he's not had an amazing season, like I think he's proven historically that he can score goals. And most strikers, you know, they don't good strikers, they don't need many chances to score. And he took that really well. If I remember there. I think it's played into him. He's controlled it with his right foot, you know, swiveled and hit it straight to the corner. Like it was a decent finish. You know, anyone would be happy with that. Um, I think Wilkeen has, has scored a lot of goals for Wigan over, over time. So they, they'll be happy with that. And I mean, you mentioned that there wasn't a an awful lot for them. But like I said, kind of in passing earlier, like if you think back to like their their opportunities, they should have won by two or three goals. Um, you know the, I, I seem to remember they had one cleared off the line uh, towards the end of the game where they've taken our defence out. The keeper's been taken out. I think it was Fox maybe on the line that cleared it. I can't quite remember. Um, but then prior to that, do you remember the, bo- the, the cross that came in? Taylor's misjudged the header. It's flicked on behind him, and that guy's hit the volley and it's just gone past the, past the post. A team with a slightly bit more, qual- bit more quality and a more of a cooler head, wins that 3-0. Now, if we think it was bad reaction, imagine 3-0, lost to Wigan at home. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, pretty bad. And,
1: yeah, team who, uh, before the game, is, well, and now after Cardiff's goals, um, had scored the least amount of goals in the division, I'd say to them. Yeah. rack three up quickly.
2: Uh, exactly. Exactly.
1: But yeah, it wasn't, like I say, it wasn't great. I mean, another negative point, just to top it all off, Jacob Brown went off injured with uh, what we believe is a hamstring injury. It's going to keep him out of the game at the weekend. Um, no sort of understanding of if, if he's out for any further than that. Uh, played a lot of football, played a lot of football for a long time, really. Jacob Brown, obviously he's had his injuries... Worries this season where he's, he's had spells out, but every time he's as soon as he's fit, he's back in and starting. Uh, quite similar to John Walters used to be, I think, back in the day. Once he? if he's if he's fitting around, he was generally sort of playing, especially when sort of purely to the manager. Wouldn't he? so, uh, I, I'd be tempted, even if he's even if, if he declares himself fit for say QPR and Watford last two games, I'd be tempted just to say, you know what. You just have a bit of an extended summer break here and get yourself, but make sure you're
2: ready for pre-season. That's the most important thing now. Who are you replacing with, though? Because, again, we're not exactly well, rich in that but in that place, are we?
1: Well, I mean, this is... I mean, you've got... You give the opportunity to Selina on the wing, can't you? Um, Obviously, Campbell came on for him last night, and I think Campbell's probably the one attacking outlet that we did have in the game, I think there was three really good crosses that he put in. And I think he said, like, um, you know, any any half-decent striker could have had an easy hat-trick there. Three, three, a really easy three tap-ins, but there was just nobody with the foresight to to uh, make the move and get in them positions. So I wouldn't, you know, I think, I, would, I wouldn't be able, you know, Campbell can come in, Campbell, Salina and then Powell, or Campbell, Salina and, and uh, Gale, that's a front three. Uh, you've also got other options as well. I mean, you could switch it maybe to a to a two. I mean, maybe you go like a four, three, one, two. Have like a number 10 with two players in front. Uh, if you wanted to maybe play, you could play Powell as a number 10 and have Galen Campbell playing in front of him maybe. Uh, but then you're getting into the realms of realms of diamonds in midfield, which we haven't got <laughs> the best we haven't got the best history with that, have we? yeah that um, doesn't go
2: down so well then
1: I suppose the other option I believe so so I've heard Emre Tezgell's back they've been back in training for the last uh, sort of seven to ten days so give him another couple of weeks or so then last two games this season he might well be ready for ready for a bit of game time himself. And who's, yeah, going, to benefit, uh, who's going to benefit more in the last two games? 17-year-old um, promising youngster or a guy who's played probably 150 times in the last three years?
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's an obvious answer there, isn't it, really? I mean, Emery's going to be playing against potentially a, a very despondent QPR. I mean things always say that about Wigan and look what happened there. But because the QPR,
1: they um they may be despondent and maybe down, but they aren't going to be it's not going to be a non-event game, is it? They you know they've they've got something, definitely got something to play for. Um so it's not as if we're chucking him into a dead rubber where you know it's going to be played at half pace and nobody really cares. You're know, going to learn a lot from a team scrapping for their lives really, is not it and the way this championship is, at the minute, you know, Watford, even though where they are in the league, that game on the last day, if he's playing that as well, they they could be, you know, win to they might need a win to get themselves into the playoffs.
2: Yeah, for sure. And one thing I wanted to ask you, Dan, because it kind of all ties in actually. We've lost obviously we've got the well, was it is it the worst well joint worst home record? Um I was speaking to some people who went, they actually went uh, the game and they're not Stoke fans. I don't know what possessed them to go if they weren't Stoke fans going to a midweek match. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, anyway, they've, they've, they've gone and they were like, where are all your fans? And I said, I, genuinely, I think, I don't know. I think it, we're in that scenario where we've got nothing to play for, midweek match, people have been working. I said, there's a, there's a, a lot of reasons not to go that match.' So, absolute credit for everyone who could make it. Um but at the same time, like he's like, I, I was going behind the stadium, we're going past the booth, in. and he's like, it was silent. I was that like, well? That's been like that for a while. So when we talk about home form, is it a fan thing? Are, are the players scared of playing at home? Is it? I talk. Well, I actually talk a lot about subconscious on this pod. I learned from some psychologist in, in a previous life. But like, is it? Is it a mental block? Over at home, if we go one 0 down, we're scared. I I don't know even know if Alex Nill knows the answer to that. I don't think it helps.
1: I th- I think the the fans have you have had sort of six years of of uh, sort of nothing, haven't they? They got we were yeah. relegated and then had now five seasons of finishing comfortably. Yeah, we've had a couple of scares of relegation, but we we've ended up finishing comfortably in mid-table. Lower mid table, bottom half, five years in a row. So it's a bit like what we've not had anything to get excited about for a long time now. Um, probably you know, since, since the sale of Marco Honoutovic, <laughs> that that to you know, since that day, you think how long ago that was, so we've not had a, a real anything really to get same a, a sustained spell of. Of success, that we can get sort of up off our seats and encourage people to come back in the droves and really, you know, look forward to the matches and that. And obviously, we yeah. did have something a few weeks ago, didn't we, where we were it was coming through and 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 we you know, we had a little mini run and everyone was getting a bit excited. But even then, like I say, it wasn't with the, the aim of it wasn't with the um, other prospects of us getting into the, like the playoffs. And yeah, we weren't we were sort of bordering that. That wasn't the reason we were excited. It was just that we were playing nice football for once, <laughs> um, yeah. and we were being clinical in front of goal. So I think, I think the fans have just become a bit, they're sort of worn down, aren't they, over the years of just waiting for something to happen. And it's difficult as well because obviously the the, the club have paid. A big price for decisions made a long time ago. Now, and the let's put in the the transfers that the, you know, the transfer budget that was given on when we initially got relegated, the contracts that were handed out, and you can even say that started twelve months earlier. Into with the sale of Arnautovic, and you know, replacing him the way that they did, and um, thinking that it was fine to bring in sort of Hesse on loan, cheaper emoting and a free, and to replace your best, you best know, was one of the probably one of the best attackers in the division at the time, yeah, and that uh, it's for you so that's sort of a negative and that is just from that sort of little acorn kind of thing is where you've snowballed into this situation we have today um, you can, like I say, you can understand the sort of the apathy and then the the, the sort of neglect that people are giving that their own club at the minute in terms of it, the, their time and and effort. I just hope that we can turn that back around because you think back to the mid two thousands, and you know we used to get what twelve to fourteen thousand was mm-hmm. was your, your normal crowd. You know, if you got fifteen, sixteen thousand, it was a good day. And I think you know we had we had a good decade in the Premier League where we gained a lot of supporters long-time supporters you know that were going week in week out for for 10 years and it'd be a shame if we dropped down to those levels again or anyone you know anything below sort of you know 16,000 and that as a regular would really would, it would be a real shame really i think and i don't know how you bring those fans back without getting yourself promoted again
2: yeah it right. would happen eventually dan if we, if we i mean like i said we've got, we've about five years in this league and it's been basically going back all the time uh, not really any, any any progress at all so i mean as we thought we'd at least get top top half of this table and quite clear we ain't going to do that either now so um i i think Should... one thing that angela smith mentioned um on commentary the other day when i listened when I watched the game back was like they were trying to obviously sell season tickets uh, going forward. And it's a good job that, you know, the early bird period that we used to have isn't around because that was not a spectacle to sell season tickets. So I would imagine that there's a lot of people who are going to be hanging out and waiting for who are going to sign throughout the entire summer and then they will decide whether to buy one or not.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's, I can't see many sort of signing up straight away unless it's those who want sort of you know, the the payment plan spread over more months. Um but yeah I think I think you're right. I think there's gonna be a lot of people who are just holding on to the money. And maybe that might just that can work two ways with the club. If the money's not there when they're coming in, I think they might they could say, well, can we afford to be spending this, that and the other on players um uh, without you know, guaranteed income from these season tickets. Uh, you know, for, obviously in respect of sort of financial fair play more than anything. Um, but I reckon the other option, I think the other op- more likely scenario is obviously that if there is a low low season ticket update through the summer, that the club go all out even more just to, just to prove to fans that they are going to give it a go next season, uh, at least financially give it a go. And hopefully spend the money better than we have done previously. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still um, I think, like I say, it's a massive summer. I still think that come next season we're going to have a very different looking squad. I think we've got a manager who knows what he wants, which is important. Um, I have seen some in one of the groups, obviously that we're in, sort of saying that you know if we have carried on winning games easily between, yeah, you know, the last two or three games and, and, then, and then these sort of three that are coming up that Alex Neal really probably wouldn't have learned much about his squad. Uh, but in defeat, you will learn a lot about what, what players aren't up to scratch and what he does need. Um, so, you know, in the long run, it's not not a bad thing to have this, this sort of blip as we go in.
2: No, and I think one final comment I'll make on the team. Um, I don't think anyone listening to this should be under any illusions that we are going to go into the summer and he's going to get absolutely every position nailed. I think if Alex Neal comes out of the summer and he's got 75% of what he wants, he's done well. So we need to try and... I think he'll focus on the key areas, the goalkeeper, the defence, the strike force, and obviously then, of course, getting Ben Pearson and bits like that. I think he will be happy just to get through maybe pretty much in midfield what he has. Maybe he'll go for a couple of wingers, but... If we get out of 75%, we've done well. And then it's about can we just keep in the promotion playoff push or even automatic, you never know. We might be, we might really nail the summer signings. But are we in that promotion push in January? If the answer is yes, then okay. Let's spend the rest of the money in January. If people give him stick because he hasn't signed a, a right back or whatever the heck you know it turns out to be, they need to appreciate that there's going to be limits. There's only so much he's, he's going to be able to do this summer.
1: Yeah, there is. And he's he, he's got an option. He's got two options. He either puts a few of these youngsters into his squad and goes for uh, quality over quantity. Or he tries, like I say, tries to fill fill the squad out as much as he can, which I don't think he, he'll do because I, th- I think he sort of stated he prefers a smaller, close-knit squad, doesn't he? Yeah. So so I think that'll probably be the way it goes. But yeah, um you might see like I say a few marquee signings and then a few
2: loanies and uh, and free transfers coming in. Sounds um so what was the situation with the man of the match? I think I said to you at the time, Dan, that um I I've had to actually put a tweet out, didn't I, with a, a bit of a um just, just saying that I'm gonna get me like a tin hat on effectively, which is what I was trying to get across. So did we have anyone vote from another match? Or I'm sure sh- I'm assuming there's a lot of amusing options that came up.
1: Oh yes, there's a few amusing ones. <laughs> <I'm surprised. laughs> um in fact there's probably more votes for the amusing ones as well there was the ones than non the normal players. Um so John Oldfield says the fans that stayed 90 minutes actually got 30% of the vote. <laughs> right. <And> one, <laughs> um You've got uh, Ryan Machin said anyone but Selina. Uh, Lewis Pulf- Pulfreyman said the half-time sprinklers. Uh, Andy Burton said the ball boy. Josh Holliday said the exit. I think there was a few of them streaming for that, wasn't there, wasn't um, uh, Jamie Bratt said we lost against bottom. Who's picking a man of the match? Uh, John O'Leak says Ben Wilmot. Uh, Tom Mellor, Stuart Block 9. Well done, Tom. Bringing him back in, getting some more points. Hey, missed him. Yeah, he's going for player of the season, Stuart Block 9 <laughs> uh, Kenneth Beach says me. So I take it that's him, not me. <laughs> uh, Mark Whittaker said the squirrel that, that uh, chose to stay at home in protest. Uh, Alex Thorley said Flappianski. McAfalke said none. Kyle Till says the squirrel from last week. Uh, Jaden Shaw said the lad who won the half-time challenge.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, oh, Jesus. No players then, no? Quite, <laughs> quite a few there. Um, of the players who were uh, actually did part of the match, uh, Connor Taylor was uh, 32% of the vote. He, he won the uh, man of the match by quite a way from Morgan Fox who was in second with 12%. And then Jacob Brown got 2% of the vote in third. Um, oh. Player of the season standings. So Tyrese Campbell is third on 409. Second, Will Smallbone, Smur- Will 535. And Ben Wilmot on 599 points with one game left for our player of the season cannot now be caught. So congratulations I'm sure it'll make up for the fact he's in hospital while well, he's probably back home now with a fractured back, is the fact that he's the every step along the way player of the season. Well done, Ben.
2: Have you, have you, yeah, well done, Ben. I I'm, I'm assuming you're clapping there, Dan. I'm saying no more. I am. And, um, <laughs> so have you noticed that so it's two defenders in a row now? So we've had in last year and well, well, not this year. Probably says a lot about our seasons, don't you think? It's not a striker, yeah. is it?
1: Oh, apparently, timing can't be fanned, according to some. <laughs> but him, um, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, well, well, uh, he's to uh, to Ben. Yeah. So uh, yes, we shall um hopefully be able to uh, hand over that trophy. I'm not, not sure if what state he'll be in. Come uh, QPR, I assume he'll be picking up. Well, I assume he'll be uh, picking up some of the official club awards. Uh, whether he'll be there in person to accept them, I do not know.
2: Yeah, uh, I assume he's going to be there. It depends, because I did hear that he was in London uh, for more, what was something to do with treatment. So, I don't know. We'll see. Obviously, it's, it's a couple yeah. of weeks yet, so... Yeah.
1: And obviously, the priority
2: is his treatment. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> his yeah. recovery um, uh, comes first.
2: Uh, well, we we'll won't go into it now, because we need to move on. But, uh, obviously the fact that I was thinking about who's going to want to go to QPR in a couple of weeks, but um, now the, the name Bojan um, has been muted, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people wanting to go and say hello and goodbye, I guess.
1: Uh, yes, indeed. I mean, you just stole the news, the news, main oh, news story.
2: Yes. <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, we can talk about that now. Uh, yes, obviously, he's coming on the Friday night, he, which is a very quickly sold-out 300-person uh, crowd going to have a sort of a Q&A session with him and a pitch taken afterwards. Um so quite an intimate thing there, say so just the, the three hundred. Um so yeah he's coming back going back for that and then he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be on the pitch during the uh, the game against QPR the next day. So yeah that should uh, put a few extra bums on the seats for that match, shouldn't it?
2: It should You Get a contract in his hand. I'm sure he can still kick a ball. Can't let's, let's test him out, see if he's capable of coming back, eh?
1: So, you know how you said you retired? But you didn't <laughs> really mean it, did you?
2: <laughs> yeah, you're just teasing us, weren't you? You were just after a contract, that's all you were doing.
1: You were just trying to get out of your contract wherever you were so you could come here. That's what it was. <laughs>
2: There'll be a lot of people... You know what? The one chant, if you're going to hear it on, on that day, is sign him up from the fans. Yeah. yeah. I haven't just
1: sort of heard that, well, I suppose the performances have not really led to sign him up chants, have they? String him no. up, maybe. But nobody's <laughs> been saying sign him up to, to um, people like you. Yeah, your Sterlings, your Sterlings, your Powells, your, um, well, uh, Smallbones... Twan Z, if he'd have been fit, he'd have got someone to. Uh, but yes, I think shall we shall we move into the sort of the youth team women's and what's left of the news?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: sure. Uh, a few of these results you will have maybe heard on the uh, previous podcast that we did earlier in the week, but just in case you missed that, uh, the under 18s last week lost three two at home to Blackburn. Those goals from Adam Watson and Ollie Challoner. Uh, This coming week, they host Liverpool. So Saturday, 11am, Clayton Wood. Uh, It's the final home game of the season. and It's actually 4-3-6. If we can avoid defeat uh, against Liverpool on Saturday, then we are guaranteed to finish above them in the league this season, uh, which is a decent achievement. Mm. Uh, The under 21s last week drew, uh, well, in this week, sorry, drew 1-1 at home to Leeds in a rearranged game. Uh, Luke Redfern's injury time equaliser grabbed a point for the under-21 team. Uh, It was actually assisted by a a quite um, highly rated midfielder that we've got, Will Smith. So I think, uh, yeah, just turned 17, Will has, and I think they've got quite high hopes for him. Um, So, yeah, he set up Luke Redfern for that late equaliser this week. The uh, final game of the season for the under-21s takes place on Monday, kicking off at 7pm at the Bet365 Stadium uh, when they host West Brom. So hopefully we can get a win and a good performance to uh, the Bet365 to round off the under-21s season. Uh, The women last week, they drew 3-3 with Huddersfield. After going 3-0 up early on with goals from Cavell, Richardson and Bramford, uh, they conceded three goals in the final 10 minutes of the match. Uh, to share the spoils, uh, no game this week, um, as we mentioned earlier in this in the week. Uh, but they do have one game left this season, which is an away game at the team that currently top the league, Nottingham Forest, uh, and that's Sunday the 30th of April, the 2 p.m. kickoff. So welcome to all those. Now. um one bit of news we do have, I think we, just, we have touched on it as well, as Ben Wilmot has been confirmed he's a fractured back. So he's out for the rest of the season, as you would imagine with an injury like that. Um, but there is hope that he will be back for the start of pre-season, which we, we've we sort of seen with other players, haven't we? Um, especially with people who've had like, sort of ACL injuries where they've come back, missed the missed pre-season, come back in the middle of a season and tried to get up to fitness you're thinking like you know Suter Campbell and it's taken quite a while so if he can get back for the start of pre-season that would be a massive boost for Ben wouldn't it, for going into the next the next campaign.
2: It it would be, um, I would also I know you, you use the word if there and I think that's definitely the right word to use because if you think back Ryan Shawcross was never the same player again when he had that back injury he, as you said he came back like mid-season tried to fit in, didn't do it had a bit of a setback, you know, and he was never the same player, hence his retirement in the end. So, you know, it's, very, it, it's, it's a big deal, a back injury. It's very easy to reoccur, like I said, like muscle tears and stuff like that. If it means that he has to miss the start of the season, that he has to miss the start of the season. Ben has got a lot of potential, a lot of potential future here. So we can't rush him back because the guy may, may, may never play well again. It is. It is that possible. Shawcross was the prime example of that.
1: Yeah, and I think the one thing we want does have is he's got age on his side as well. Exactly, yeah. I think Ryan was a lot older once he was, he sort of thirty or maybe just past thirty when he had his back injury. And obviously Ben's, you know, still in his early twenties, He's sort of twenty three.
2: He so, doesn't need to rush.
1: Yeah, and he's got, like I say, hopefully, you know, his body itself, he's not had the wear and tear that Ryan had had. Um obviously he put his body on the line, anti and for, you know, for week in, week out for what, 10, ten 11, 12 years at this football club by the time that happened. Um looks like I say he'd hope that Ben that uh, Ben obviously, although he has you know, he is a you know, a tough um centre half in, in a difficult division, he's not had the the longevity of of Shawcross of you know putting his body through week in week out, so hopefully he can recover a bit quicker. Um, one other little thing I'm going to bring you before we get into the uh, the Cardiff game is we've spoken to uh, our good friend Jake Tong who is a Lincoln City fan, uh, and he is uh, give us an update on Tashan Oakley Booth.
3: Yeah, just a, an update on Tashan. Obviously, he's not been in the squad um, the last couple of weeks. Over January, we signed a lot of loanees, uh, and unfortunately, he's had to be the loanee that's missed out because the other loanees um, have sort of formed um, to be a, re- a really important part of the side. And Tashan has been a bit expendable, um, so unfortunately, he's he's missed out quite a lot, not been involved in the squad. Mark still speaks about him at the training ground, how he's so positive. Uh, how he's still making a really good influence on the group, which is exactly what you want to hear. Um, just, yeah, I, I'm not really sure where Tashan's going to go from here, really. Um, obviously came on last night against Barnsley, come on a couple of weeks ago away at Fleetwood as well. So appearances are sporadic. Um, but I, I, mean, I think earlier in the season I said he's someone who's out of contract at Stoke that we would potentially look to take... Uh, I, I don't think, I don't think the football club will be interested um, anymore due to due to the situation that's happened. So, yes, um, it, it's pretty unfortunate for Tashan, but uh, I'm sure he'll get a great move in the summer and he'll um, go and play some football somewhere.
1: Cheers for that, Jake. So yeah, Tashan, sort of a bit similar to Selena here. He's just you know, been the um, been hampered by by the rules basically until the end. The other loanies have come in. They've, they've nailed their spots down, and he's just had to sort of sit on the sidelines and watch on. Um, so it's unfortunate for Tashan, but he said you know, sort of hinted there that he, did you see a player any of the times that he does actually manage to get out there? So yeah, I think there's a massive twelve months ahead for for that lad's career, to be honest.
2: Um, yeah, he, not... he needs to find a home, doesn't he? Because it's not at Stoke City. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, it's not even in this division. Yeah,
1: I'm not sure, like I say, I'm not sure that um, here will be the right place for him uh, next season, I don't think, unless, unless Alex Neal's just decided that he hasn't really seen him. Right, let's get into the Cardiff game.
0: Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At Participating Restaurants, 18 Plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
1: So a trip to the uh, Principality at the weekend and we've played we've played Cardiff 52 times. We have 18 wins, 13 draws and 21 defeats. At Cardiff, we've played 25 occasions, winning eight times, drawing six but losing eleven times. Uh, We've got no win in five against Cardiff and only one in our last nine meetings with them. Um, and we also have no win in our last four trips to Cardiff with two draws and two defeats. So not a great uh, record, um, either previously or standing to be honest. <laughs> um, they're not really a great side to play for us, are they? Stokes away record sees them eighth in the division, having picked up 29 points from 21 away games. Uh, whilst Cardiff's home record is them 20th in the home table with 24 points from 21 games. Uh, The last five matches, though, Cardiff are 12th with six points, while Stoke have slipped in recent weeks all the way down to 19th with just four points in the last five matches. So uh, a few other stats on the teams. So Stoke now can't improve on last season's 62 points which means that having for the, each of the last four years, we have ended up with more points than we did the year before. Um, so that run's going to come to an end this season. And the current run of four games without a victory is the joint longest run without a win that we've had this season. So that's not great. <laughs> uh, Cardiff no. have a division low five goals from set pieces. So they've only managed to score five goals and set pieces all season. Stoke have twelve, and Cardiff also lost the ball three hundred eighty nine times this season whilst being dispossessed, whilst in holding the players holding the ball, uh, been dispossessed three hundred eighty nine times, which is the sixth highest in the division, compared to Stoke's three hundred twenty nine, which is actually the third lowest in the league so yeah we don't we don't have the ball taken off us at our feet very often but it appears that Cardiff do Uh, Cardiff also have the highest percentage of shots off targets in the whole league and have missed the target with 218 of their 490 efforts this season Uh, and only Blackpool have had more red cards Uh, we're having nine than Cardiff's five this year Um, and what did interest me out of all that which is sort of why I put it in there was that they'd lost the ball, like saying you know, they're dispossessed Why right? they've had the ball at their feet and the players come along and took the ball off them. Three hundred and eighty-nine times, sixth highest. For me, our strength, especially away from home, has come with the press, and it and doing just that. And here it sounds like a team who are vulnerable to that, to that. So that's decided. Let's not be fair. That's decided. Games anti recently. That's decided. Coventry decided. Sunderland. That's where the goals came from. Mm-hmm. It was our ability to do that. So, if they are susceptible to that, and you know it's a weakness in their game, then that can only really be a positive for us. Surely
2: we're we're better away from home anyway. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think you know Cardiff. Uh, They've got a lot to play for. I think, as you say, I think if 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 they win, they're safe. Really, yeah. It, it, it will take a silly turnaround of of results and score score lines and stuff like that. So they're going to have a lot to play for. We're going to have nothing to play for. We're coming off the back of a bad set of results and bad set of performances. So yeah. either the the fact that we're away from home helps us, and it just takes pressure off, which gives us a chance to get a result. Or we will just go one nil down and shrug our shoulders and go, okay, same again next week. <laughs> Who knows? Oh, well, Who knows? what else <laughs> <don't> we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've already said that some of them might already be on the beach, so yeah, I'm hoping that's not the case. But still, you get my point.
1: After last week's shambolic performance with the whistle, joining the refers. Oh no! Go on. It's Andy Davis. So. It doesn't ring 15- a bell. 15 champion. Oh, we will do him in a <laughs> 15, 15 championship games. He's ref this season. Produced 59 yellows, two reds, give two penalties. Uh, he's had five home wins, five away wins, and five draws. So he can't quite make his mind up if he's a homer or not. Um, he's not refed us this season. The last two games he did ref for us were a three-one away win at West Brom and a two-two home draw with Birmingham. And incidentally, in those two games, are the last two games, he refed where he didn't show any cards. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, overall, he's refed us nine games, give us just 12 yards, no reds. Uh, one penalty for us, one penalty against us. We've won twice, drew four times, and so lost three. He's ref Cardiff this season, the 1-0 away win at Sunderland, where he gave them a penalty. Uh, they missed it, but he still he gave it to them. Um, Overall, he's reffed them on 14 occasions, giving them 28 yellows, two reds, one penalty against them, but three penalties for them. They've won 10, drew one and lost three of those 14 games. So he's been quite a lucky charm for them, it seems, quite a lot, to the point where the 2.21 points per game... Uh, that what that Cardiff gets when Andy Davis refs them is the second highest of any club he has refed over three times with uh, just Wolves is 2.29 from the seven times he's refed them uh, it's a higher points per game ratio uh, so that's sort of interesting uh, Cardiff in the six games he's refed when cardiff been at home they've won five of them and of Stoke's five away games we've only won once now I said you'd remember who he is. He was the ref away at Watford a couple of years ago when he let a Watford player shove Angus Gone over the line with the ball, and then he let the goal stand.
2: What an idiot. Yes, I remember you know. this guy.
1: Yeah, he caught it, didn't he? And he just basically, as if he, he thought the guy thought he was still in the 1970s, he just sort of rugby tackled Gorn, did into the back of there, and the ref was like, don't you say wrong with that.
2: Yeah, even even the player probably couldn't believe he'd just got away with that. But oh remember, that was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, so this was the this was the referee. So hopefully he's had a little read to his rule book since that day.
2: <laughs> or wants to uh you know square one up a little bit, you never know.
1: Well we can't but hope. <laughs> um Right, before we get any further, I think we've got some audio. So we've got a couple of things here. We've got Graham McGarry. Let's have a listen to what his prediction for the game. And then we've also got some audio. Uh, first time ever on this podcast. It's been a long trail to try and get this <laughs> um, over the last two years. But we finally managed to nail down uh, some audio from Cardiff. So, so thank you to Thomas Taylor. Who's a Cardiff City fan, and he sends us some audio in. So let's listen to Graham and Tom.
4: Hello there, you Potters predictors. It's not very good feeling at the moment, is it, after two poor results, especially the one in midweek losing at home to Wigan? Not many Soap fans would have gone home happy about that performance or that result. It's time for them players now to stand up and be counted as we go into the final weeks of this particular season. Of course, the next game is a very important one. It's down in South Wales where they head for Cardiff. Another side that's fighting for their lives and are right in the relegation battle. So Stoke will have to show good application, good attitude if they want to come back to the Potteries on Saturday night with some points on the board. There's a big selection headache for Alex Neil now. Which way does he go? Which formation does he play? Well, he's got to get it right. The Stoke fans are far from happy with that awful defeat against Wigan, so what we're going to predict? Hard to t- pick, but I don't think they will lose the game. But then again, I don't think they'll win the game, and they don't score many goals. I'm going to go for Cardiff nil, Stoke nil.
5: Supporting Cardiff City this season uh, has been anything but boring, um, for better or worse, because you never really know what you're going to get with each game. Um, it seems to change on the fly, um, usually within the space of a couple of days of how our form is, uh, the way we play and essentially how we think the season's going to end up going. Um, You know, we can get a big win uh, on a Saturday and in midweek with some results going our way as well and think this is finally it, we're going to pull away um, from the relegation battle and then before you know it, it comes to the next game and we just don't show up and we get dragged right back into a relegation battle. Um, Case in point, over the Easter weekend, um, we went away to Blackpool uh, on the Friday and we won 3-1, uh, we were 3-0 up at half time and we thought, maybe this is it. It's where we start to pull away a little bit. We put a little bit of a run together. And then on the Monday, uh, we play at home to Sunderland. We lose 1-0. Um, the team did not show up at all. Uh, the performance was pretty horrible. And before you know it, we dragged right back into a relegation scrap, so we think. Um, so it's been, it's been up and down, uh, to put it lightly. Um, With that being said, uh, tonight we got a massive win um, away at Watford. We've seen a little bit of Sabri style maybe starting to gel tonight, um, wanting to be a bit more aggressive in attack and a little bit more aggressive in defence, not letting uh, Watford's attack um, get in too much uh, success tonight. And um, it really is a change from um, last weekend we went away to Sheffield uh, United and lost 4-1, and I thought it might have been a similar game to that again tonight, but um, I was proven wrong, and I'm very glad that I was proven wrong. Um, I think a lot of players really did step up, and um, there's definitely a few players to look out for on Saturday. Um, The main man at the minute is Sori Kaba, uh, our striker on loan, and they say never to fall in love with a lone striker, but the Cardiff Faithful have done just that. Um, I think he's been absolutely fantastic since he's come in, uh, he scored some really important goals for us and more so he's just, you know, he's interacting with the fans. He's saying all the right things online um, and he just doesn't give up. And I I, th- I really hope we end up signing him in the summer because he's such an important player. And I think another player to look out for is uh, Jaden Um He didn't play against Watford, but hopefully he'll be fit in time for Saturday. Uh, very talented player, uh, very skillful, uh, great technique. And he just, you know, he creates chances out of nothing. Um, So with everything uh, in mind and how it went tonight I'm really hoping that this is the start of Cardiff Trying to pull away a bit uh, from the relegation battle And starting to get a late run of games together And we left it quite late Um, But you know, it's the Cardiff way Um, I think we will win Saturday Um, Tonight's given something for the fans to be a bit confident about and I think the score is going to be Cardiff two, Stoke one.
1: Thanks, guys. Interesting there. He's you know, obviously buoyant from the the victory over Watford uh, there for Thomas. Do you think? What, what do you think of uh, what you've just heard there, Mark?
2: Um, I think he'll be breathing a little bit, you know, a bit more of a sigh of relief, to be honest, and and kind of going into the into the game. But the sounds of it, with still, you know, a bit of confidence, and I, I think he. He gets that following them has been a bit of a roller coaster. It's uh, a lot like a team I know, I know to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think after that result, he will know that they're probably okay. So yeah, it's it's, it's one of them. I, I think there's a few teams that just want this season over. We're one of them, and I think Cardiff are one of them as well.
1: And uh, what about Mister McGarry there going nil nil? Do you think is he letting us in there? Is he giving us an end to try
2: and gain some points on him? Yeah, but that means I can't back Stoke to win, though. I mean, I think he's given us an in because he's he, he's never predicts anything but a win. Even if it's close, he goes for a 1-0, It plays it safe. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Stoke uh, defeat to Cardiff. Um, I need some points, and I do not think we're going to win. So we're going to win, basically. But yeah, 2-1 two, uh, Cardiff for me, Dan. He's, he's given us an in.
1: Oh, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to spice it up. I'm going to say 2 1 to Stoke. Just so we've got all bases, somebody's going to be celebrating then, aren't they? <laughs> well, I say, sal- I don't know if we will be celebrating if we lose, Mike, but you might give it a little little sly fist bump when no one's looking.
2: Got them seven points and I get it. I was going to say, when it comes down to points for where we are, what do we need for one of us to overtake Graham? Is it a correct result out of the next two or three games? Well,
1: I think if we get, we need, basically we need two, two correct results out of these last um, few games. So it's a tall ask. but We need to get a skate and start doing it. Um, But yes, I think we may have to do like tactical predicting here just to keep away from what he says. Luckily he has to send us in first before we get to pick hours. So sorry, Graham, but (laughs) we we can do all we can to try and beat you. Um, Yeah what would you, what's your team? Where are we with Sarkic? Have we got any news? Do we think, is he fit? Is he, he's been training. Is there an well, opportunity for him to replace Bonham?
2: Yeah, I I think so. He was in training, what, 10 days ago. I think it might've been now. Um, so he's got to be there or thereabouts. If he's in training, a goalkeeper doesn't exactly need to be, you know, he's not a like an outfield player. So I don't think it's, a, it's harsh. So yeah, for me, Sarkic goes in goal, um, I'm similarly, similar team really. So Hoover comes in at right back, Taylor centre back with Fox, um, and then I've got Sterling at the left. I'm dropping, I'm dropping Josh Tymon, um from, from <sighs> that one. Yeah, uh, I like, I like Josh a lot, but I'm, I'm going to drop him. Um, midfield, reluctantly Baker comes back in, um, just because again, I just want to give him another chance just to see if he can do anything better. Uh, so he will go into the uh, the, the Will Smallbone position with uh, Josh Loren and, and obviously Jordan Thompson because we do not got any, any other choice, to be honest. Uh, Campbell and Gail up front with Nick Powell.
1: Okay, I will just let you know. You see, you haven't got any other choice. Ben Pearson... He's only suspended for one game because it was two yellow cards. Of
2: course it? he is. Of course he is. So okay, Thompson yeah. drops out for Pearson then, but Baker still so, still keeps that, his place. That
1: was a tough decision today. Well, that you took a lot of deliberation <laughs> over that
2: one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know why in my brain, I, 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 I Thompson and I thought ba- uh, Pearson was out for longer. But there you go. It is what twenty to twelve at night. So again, I, 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 mean, I use that excuse a lot. I cock up and I use the excuse of what time it is at night. and I'm going to keep using it until. Well, forever actually.
1: I can just tell you as well, listeners, there was actually no editing whatsoever done to that. He did chuck Jordan Thompson out of the team as quick as you hear it then. <laughs> <laughs> there was no deliberating about it. We didn't there was no ooms and ah's on oh you're gonna have to cut this bit out. Oh no, 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 no. As soon as I said as soon as Ben Pearson was available, Jordan Thompson was getting splinters.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Um I'm going for Sarkic in goal if possible. Obviously, it's Jack Bonham if he's not. Um, Sterling, Taylor, Fox, Timon is about four, which I think is the same as we had on Tuesday night. Baker and Lorraine retain their places, but Pearson comes in for Thompson. Um, And then I've got Selena on the right, Powell in the middle, and Campbell on the left. So, really, I've got Campbell in for Brown due to injury, Uh, Pearson back from suspension. Uh, is coming in for Thompson and Sarkic in for Bonham. So just the three changes for me. Um, okay. If, if Twanziby's fit, who knows? I certainly don't. But if he is, <laughs> then, uh, then he comes in for
2: Fox. Uh, for what is it with that guy? Where is where is he? Like I thought it was a little niggle that he's meant to have and he's, what has he missed, three weeks now?
1: I don't want to put too much pressure on him until uh, he signs wow. that contract we're trying to make him feel like he's he's being looked after that's what we want <laughs> mm-hmm. now my subs bench actually I'm just going to give you a few names here because I I mean, there's, I think we're at the stage of the season now where uh, we can shove a few a few names on there who we, we don't generally see so a few younger lads um, so I'm going to have Bonham Bonham on as the subkeeper now, if Sorkic isn't available and Bonham has to play, I'm actually going to put Tommy Simkin in goal in, on the, as the sub-keeper, you know. Um, I think he should be the third choice keeper on the day so he gets the match day experience and everything like that. Um, but, yeah, I don't see any harm now in him sort of sitting on the bench.
2: But you've left a long key long Stoke legend, legend out there, Dan. Key Stoke Frank legend. Fielding. Frankie Fielding. <laughs> I mean, the statue is <laughs> being made as we speak
1: you know what will happen as well um, Bonham will start Simkin will be, he'll be there probably just for a bit of you know match day experience or whatever and about 20 minutes in Bonham will get sent off or pull up with an injury <laughs> and Fran Fielding will be throwing his arms in the air saying this is my time bloody <laughs> hell I, I could have been playing now
2: <laughs> that guy must be I mean laughing his socks off yeah he's being paid probably not very much but he's being paid to turn up for training. To be fair, like, to be fair not
1: he, he's a third-choice goalkeeper once you essentially. That's what he is, isn't he? It's Sarkic, Bonham, Fielding. And your third-choice goalkeepers, you've got one or two, haven't you? If you've got two experienced goalkeepers in front of them, then your third choice is generally a young lad. If you've got two... Inexperienced keepers, or you know, experienced at this level, goalkeepers, then you get you get an older player in who's coming to the end of his career, who's happy just to be uh, who the others can maybe learn off, and he can sort of talk, you know, give them advice and stuff like that. And he's decent, you know. You know, if if ever he's called upon, he's he you know, he, he can still do a you know semi job for a few games. And obviously, well, Fielding definitely falls into that category. Onto he? he he didn't come here with the thing of he had to play. You come here with the thing with right, okay. We've got uh, obviously we had Bersic, got a young goalkeeper in Birsey, We've got a goalkeeper who's come up from League One slash League Two in Jack Bonham. You've played so many hundred championship matches in your career. Come here and just, you know, let, let them just, you know, get your, you know, take all the knowledge that you've got and then help them develop. And obviously, if you ever needed, then, you
2: know, make sure you've got your gloves. They should have just signed you up, Dan. You know, you a bloke past his eight, past his best. Um, you know, you, you would have been much cheaper as well. Like 500 quid a week you would have had as well. We could have saved ourselves a fortune for that summer window. I mean, you would have been able to pass your experience on to other people, probably. Other than this is how you don't go in goal. And this is what you don't do yeah. when you have a shot against you. But how much cheaper would it would it have been? Oh, well, another, another Stoke City missed transfer there.
1: I am mean, go keeper studio in glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: <my
1: God. laughs> um, so yes, I mean I've managed to get one of my subs down at the minute. <laughs>
2: so <laughs> sorry, carry then, on, carry
1: on. It's either Bonham or Simkin, depending on who if it's it's your Bonham playing. Um Gail's on the bench. Uh then I've got Kaelin Redding, um Lewis Bakari. Uh, Jacob Howard Wilkinson Jordan Thompson and either Emre Tezgel or if Emre is not quite fit yet uh, then we're going to go with Mr James Taylor as well so, okay. so a bit of you. yeah so I think you know, th- this, this time of year these where you can put these those players on can't you for 10-15 minutes and just either give put them in the shop window you know for, I don't know maybe somebody um Like a Douglas James Taylor, maybe he's had a couple of low moves and he He scored a few goals under 21 level. Does he? The the manager might say to him in the summer, You know what? Best of luck in your future, lad, but it's not going to be here. And obviously, if he can get 10, 15, 20 minutes here and he can put himself about a bit, you know, somebody might be watching this game, scouts or whatever, and they'll say, Actually, yeah. He's a decent player. We'll sign it. You know, we're, we're a team in League One, League Two. I've seen enough there. We can work with that. Get him in, and that's that's how it works, isn't he? You, know, they, you know, see, it's about. um like I say it's always looking for next season. Now we're on more than one level at the, and yeah, especially. Sure. Yeah, and I think obviously reading has been on the bench quite a few times. McCary's had you know, he's little dipped his toe into first team. Howard Wilkinson uh, Howard Wilkinson Holland Wilkinson even's had a couple of hopefully <laughs> we we're not going to the Howard Wilkinson on the bench I today. say yeah <laughs> um, and then obviously, not that desperate <laughs> and then obviously you've got uh, Emre if he is fit then obviously he needs to be on the bench because he needs to be um, I'd say getting some minutes in these last few games if possible Um. I mean, I'd written, I'd written down here prediction two two. You know, we're going to have to go with two one now, just just to <laughs> so we've got it all. Uh, but yeah, Campbell and Time are scoring my goals for me.
2: Okay, um, what did I go for? Went for two one. Lost, didn't I? So, um, our goals going to come from. Oh, I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to be really ridiculous here. Lewis Baker. That's not ridiculous. I reckon he's going he's, he's gonna to turn up and he's going to score. Whether we, In fact, he's going to score a penalty. I'm going to be a bit very specific about the method. Penalty.
1: So we've got Pearson holding the field and Baker becomes a great player. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Super six. I did feel it in this week. Got a massive four points. Well, well done, me. <laughs> so I'm up to 261. Well uh, still in 76th place. You are 60th with seven on 335. Uh, Luke Jones is on 443. Uh, Nick Green is on 437. And Ben Dawson is on 432. So that's still quite close, just the 11 points separating the top three there. Uh, Gaffer. So I'm in 17th on 2,405 2, after picking up 53 points this week. Uh, you picked up 52 points to move to 2,273 overall, which is 21st place. Um, so that's quite close. Only the four positions in that now in our top three at stoke gaffer 3307 uh is in third pookie blind is in second 3314 and in our first place for us with 3519 points is jack curran now it's been brought to our attention by at stoke gaffer that jack curran out of nearly eleven thousand players in this game is actually second overall which is a phenomenal achievement well done jack um that, really, uh, that is a really quality achievement to be honest. Isn't it? To be second out of like say eleven thousand people.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty good going. And there's me happy that I'm in twenty-first or twenty-second. So,
1: oh, so that's just in our own league. Point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I believe there's something else you want to speak to us about, Matt. Before we uh, finish off with a nice Cardiff-related quiz.
2: Yes. So um, anyone who follows Twitter and Facebook would have seen it, uh, but we put out the annual uh, listener survey. Now, uh, for anyone who's new to the pod who didn't fill one in last year, basically it's 10 questions. Like it takes you probably less than two minutes to do. I did it as a tester and I could have it done in about a minute and a half. So it's all kind of like just general questions, um, you know, favorite things, uh, least favorite things in the pod, suggestions for next season, etc. So we've had a number of questions great suggestions for different sections for next year um, a couple that we've already thought of but others that we haven't so um, we will definitely be looking about maybe implementing a couple of them uh, so if anyone can uh, please just spare some time it literally will take you a matter of seconds so either go to the twitter page and you'll see it pinned there um or alternatively you can go to the facebook page which is obviously just go to every step along the way and you'll see it on there as well. So click on the link. It's a Microsoft Forms, completely anonymous. So if you want to say that you know, you know your improvement for next year is that Dan isn't on the pod, then please go for it. Um, he will still be, but you can still give your thoughts. So um, if you can uh, do that for us, please, everybody, that would be good because me and Dan have got ideas, but we've said before, and it's cheesy line, but it's your pod's like. We don't. We could easily just speak to ourselves. We're doing this for you guys, so you know, literally yeah. get your opinions across, and we can hopefully use some of them. And it just helps to influence what happens next year. So, um, please don't think that whatever you say doesn't make a difference, because it absolutely does.
1: Yeah, basically, we don't want to be banging a drum that
2: everyone hates to beat to, do we? <laughs> That's the thing. No, absolutely not. And the feedback we've had so far has been unanimously positive. Like. incredibly positive and it's been great just to see what types of things you guys love um and we're positive that it reflects what we thought you liked as well so that's good um and you know things like you know the the specials and stuff like that which ones you prefer it helps us to try and target our specials that we do uh to stuff that you're going to like so this is your chance basically if you can get involved please do it's literally a matter of seconds
1: Perfect, and uh, I look forward to looking through and sifting through those answers, and uh, get some inspiration for next year. So, shall we move into something that's actually quite pos- quite uh, popular in those replies
2: we've had so far—the quiz? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I bet they wish they had somebody better to answer them, but yeah, that's fine.
1: <laughs> I think you know, a few of these questions are in your uh, sweet spot here, I Mark. And tailor, I'll try and tailor it for you that you might know some of the answers. So okay. question question number one. How much did Cardiff pay for Peter Thorne and Graeme Kavanagh in
2: 2001? Oh it can com- oh yeah, combined. Okay. So they went in the same window, didn't they, or the same season, if I remember rightly?
1: Yes.
2: Yeah, so Kavanagh went in the
1: summer. Yeah. And then Thorn played five games the following season for Stoke, and then he joined
2: this, yeah CAV at Indian Park. So, okay, I'm not sure of CAV's value, so I'm going to go two point seven million because I, I seem to remember Thorn he was one and a half, one seven, one eight, something like that. So two and a half million total. So just to clarify, what you're going with? 2.5 million in total.
1: You were right the first time. 2.7 is oh, the exact 7.
2: I'm so claiming Peter, that.
1: So Kavanaugh was a million and then Peter Thorne was 1.7. There
2: we go. Okay, so... Oh, that was
1: 2001, that was, wasn't it? Yeah, 2001. Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when Liam's told that to his mum one demanded why have you sold this man? why have you sold that Peter Thorne when she was kicking off Um. so question number two who was the owner at Cardiff that Kavanagh was unveiled with after he signed the owner so he, he took um, him out on the pitch and he got him doing his trademark uh, can't say too much or I'll give it away <laughs> to the Cardiff owner and he had a little little trademark thing he used to do and Cav yeah. was stood there doing it, which riled up the state fans even
2: more. I can see his I can see his bloody face. Um, oh, um got He used to
1: tap his head into he, doing the, I can't think what he used I've to call got, it.
2: Um, I've got Rids, Ridsdale on my head, but I don't think he was the Cardiff
1: but That was a few years after, but um, Sam Herman.
2: Sam Hamana, okay, yeah, I wouldn't have got that. It's not what I was thinking of.
1: Okay, so who scored Stoke's only goal in their two-one playoff defeat to Cardiff in two thousand and two, the home leg? So the first leg at home, we that, lost two-one. Who scored yeah, the goal? Yeah,
2: that stoke? was. It was He was at the booth. and wasn't it? Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: It was um, late on.
1: They were 2 0 up. It we was. We were yeah.
2: Yes. Um, oh, they, oh, oh, oh! Yeah, yeah. It. You're right. Go on. De- de- Dion Burton. Yes,
1: Dion Burton.
2: Dion Burton. <laughs> oh my God, that was so difficult. <laughs> Mate, you're really testing my memory here. Could <laughs> <laughs> see faces, but try to remember yeah, the names you know, from that long ago.
1: There's, there's people with there's people with the earbuds and that walking down the street shouting Dion Burton, Dion Burton, Mike, it's Dion Burton. <laughs> Question number four. Thorne returned to Stoke with Cardiff in 2003 after also gaining promotion the year after Stoke. And he was applauded after scoring a hat-trick. But what was the final score in that game?
2: Oh, didn't they? They trounced us, didn't they? Um, 2003? Yes. They returned at Stoke. Um. OK, so at home, we lost 3-2, if I remember rightly? We did. I think,
1: stop me, I think it was Eustace and Akinbae scored.
2: Yeah. I'm not sure. But yes, um, we did. We lost 3-2. Correct. Yeah. We didn't uh, do too bad, think- bad at their place, did we? Uh, from, uh, I, no, no, no. no, no, no. We, we lost at theirs as well, didn't we? I
1: think we did, Yeah. Question number five Which debutant scored the only goal of the game versus Cardiff at Ninian Park in 2007? First game of the season, we had somebody on debut score the only goal of the game.
2: Oh, flipping out. Um, oh, uh, oh Shawcross. It was from, yeah, it was a fumbled thingy from Shawcross, if I remember rightly. Corner or something, it, was it?
1: It was off a corner. I think I'm, I'm sure it was yep. a towering header. I was in the away end that day. Um, oh, yeah. I was there that day. Yes, it took us hours to get back to the car because, whilst just stood in the park opposite the Indian Park, watching, <laughs> state fans and Cardiff fans just charging at each other with the police in the middle. <laughs> I was like, oh, I just want to go home. <laughs> um. Anyway, next <laughs> next question: How many seasons did we play each other in the Premier League?
2: Not the you I, I don't even remember Cardiff being in the Premier League.
1: <laughs> just the once 2013-14 yeah. yes which I believe was the first season Mark Hughes was in charge of Stoke I
2: don't uh, even remember don't them being in the, in the Premier League you know
1: they, they did come up because um, yeah they came up they've been in the Premier League twice I think they came up and then they came up again the year that we got relegated so we missed each other that's like we crossed
2: All
1: right um, but yeah that was the second time they've been up there hmm. Uh question number seven on our way to the FA Cup final in 2011 we played Cardiff in round three we drew 1-1 at home in the first game who scored the goal for Stoke that day who, who kept us in the cup at that early stage stopped us getting going out to lower league opposition in round three Tony Pugh is just the answer but,
2: um Johnny Walters, maybe?
1: It was not Johnny Walters. It was Tunchai. Tunchai, okay. So yes, I think if it wasn't for Tunchai, we would have had no no uh, FA Cup final, no 5-0 against Bolton, no Europa League.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, yes, no, I I remember it now. Um I don't remember how he got it. He hit it from, like, outside the box, didn't outside he?
1: Outside the box, yeah.
2: 20, 25, 30, 30, I might be too far out there, but something like that. A
1: little Tunchai special, wasn't it?
2: He never scored inside the box, did he? it would always be a curling yeah. bender into the top corner or whatever.
1: On to the next question, because question eight is, who scored the extra-time double that settled the replay in that tie? So it was nil-nil. And we went to extra time, and it's the same player. So he got a brace in extra time, we won 2 0.
2: Okay. Um... Oh. oh, I can see the flipping face. Um... It was oh, John Walters. Was it John Walters, right? Yeah. Okay. He whipped yeah. his top
1: off, and he had his little sports bra on, and at least it was one Oh of the first God, time yeah. To for the first times, we've sort of seen these like sports bra kind of things. We're like, ah, oh, what's he got on there? <laughs> <laughs> this is your final question. It's a bit more modern, but also throws back to that sort of year as well. So, which former Potters midfielder was caretaker manager at Cardiff for two games in January this year? Um, was that a clue?
2: Yeah, so I mean, I've got um. Man- Oh, no, I don't need a clue. I don't need a clue. It, it was uh, Dean Whitehead. It was, I was going to say. He was the he assistant manager, him, once he for a while? He was, and then they sacked um, Mark Hudson, was it, manager? Mm.
1: Um, I was going to say, when you sack
2: your manager, who are you going to call?
1: Dean Whitehead.
2: Yes, yeah, Dean Whitehead, I remember, because I kept seeing when Cardiff were on TV and stuff, I was seeing him as the assistant manager. I was like, oh, that's what happened to him. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Oh well, at least I uh, went out with a win, with the winning option there.
1: He did. I was going to throw in one, where I thought it was too obvious as well, so I didn't bother putting it in. Of uh, what was said over the tannoy at Ninian Park on that for that playoff game.
2: Please do not uh, enter the pitch.
1: <laughs> yeah, please. The players will be back <laughs> out for a lap of honour after full time, so please stay off the pitch. Cue James O'Connor. Bang. You're
2: yeah. What? it was the whistles from the fans as obviously they wanted the end of the game and it was just goal in and silence like just yeah. it, it was yeah. it was incredible and then James O'Connor wheels away on his goals and obviously he'll are his backside and all that Um, and yeah. he, he James O'Connor just couldn't believe it
1: Look, I'm not surprised he never took a free kick in his life
2: no <laughs> he, sc- he scores two
1: yeah, <laughs> uh, well yeah, I think that wraps up the uh, wraps up the pod nicely for this week, mate. Have you got anything else you'd like to say?
2: Um, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, let's hope that we can uh, return from Wales with three points, or at least a nice positive performance. Anyway, something, um, something to work with going into the last couple of games of the season, and uh, we shall be back with you next Friday.